Hey everybody, it's uh, the unnamed, untitled McCoveyChronicles.com podcast. It's Friday, November 6th, 2015. I'm Brian Murphy, and with me is... I'm Doug Brizzoni, also I, known as Groove. Also known as Groove. I am also known as Every Sixth Day on Twitter, and we are going to try to see if we can translate our writing brilliance into podcast form. I think we can do it. I think I think really, so. Yeah. We're we're really brilliant. Yeah. So. Yeah. So even if our brilliance is diminished uh, verbally, that translation, you know, like our our big league projections, we still project out to be pretty good podcasters. I feel the brilliance. Yeah, we have we have solid MLEs. There we go. Uh, a, a flurry of Giants news in the past forty eight hours. Uh, the the Washington Nationals have failed upwards into hiring Dusty <laughs> Baker. Um, uh, the Giants have basically said, like, let's just be friends to Nori Aoki. They want to keep their options open. Um, uh, Brandon Belt still struggling with uh, post-concussion syndrome. And, uh, and Twitter has changed its faves to likes. Just a, a bevy of news. Uh, and I, can't, I, can't, I don't know what to do with it. Doug, what do you think? Well, I guess we should start with Dusty because I feel like Bud Black said that he liked, you know, phase changing the likes and that's why they didn't offer him a good contract. I don't know. That's possible. That's very possible. The learners are out of touch with everything else except for Twitter. They're on top of that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dusty Baker is, uh, he's been basically on uh you know, forced exile or sabbatical <laughs> for the last couple of years after managing the Reds, you know, the Reds are, you know, they're the Reds and they, we made them good in a, what is now a very tough division. Um, now he's taking over a team that should have won the last, what, four or five world series. And, At least. Uh, yeah. And uh, the big, the big thing, obviously is that Dusty Baker's reputation is for destroying arms, the Washington Nationals' strength, at least going uh, <laughs> up through this year. We'll see about next year, but has been their pitching. So that seems like he's going to negate their only strength, uh, and it's just going to be a team of Bryce Harper. But eh, I think Dusty Baker's gotten better over the years. I'm sure there's plenty of fan graphs posts and other uh, baseball prospectus analysis. I think I've seen a couple that he's changed with the times. The, you know, the pitch counts, the pitcher abuse isn't so bad. He's basically league, league average in abusing his pitchers. Um, he also has like decades of experience managing baseball teams, which is the main thing. I have been highly critical of Dusty Baker over the years. Uh, I can think of a f the three main things I have against. <laughs> Starting Solomon Torres in the, in the elimination game. Yep. That's, the, that's the first one. The other one was uh, in, in uh, 2000 was leaving Felix Rodriguez in instead of bringing Rob Nen in to pitch after oh, JT Snow tied the game. That that drove me insane. I was like Rain Man in the corner after they tied <laughs> it and the ending ended. And I'm like, put Nen in, put Nen in, put Nen in, put Nen in. And then they <laughs> didn't, and it just drove me crazy. Uh, and then uh, – 2002, you know, they went to the World Series. So whatever my gripes were, who cares? So, <laughs> you know, that was all, that all worked out pretty well. It all worked out just right? fine. It all, I mean, even 2002, like the Russ Ortiz 
that that whole thing. It's like now that we know through history that the entire bullpen was toast. Rob Nen was dead, and that was like you know three four year olds on each other's shoulders uh, going out in Rob Nen's uniform. Like it's just you know we now that we know it's like he did the best he could with what he had. And yeah, looking back on it, it's kind of interesting because what he did there was this sort of World Series strategy that came in vogue with Bochi a lot later, where as soon as the starter started to falter, he just got rid of him. Yeah. And really did not work. Yeah, no, it, it, it blew up spectacularly. But as you'll recall, I'm sure, you know, through our childhood, the Giants up until 2009, <laughs> they were not a team, a franchise where you're like, that team has pitching every year. The Giants, <laughs> the Giants was always the Giants have have always been like, oh, they can hit the snot out of the ball, but they've got to score five or six runs a game because they're not going to shut the other team down. Um, right. One of the, their pitching heroes is Kirk Reeder, who <laughs> Kirk Reeder, a fine person, not not a good major league pitcher. <laughs> but Levon Hernandez had the ace tag his entire Giants career. <laughs> I remember in the 2002 NLCS, I have a good friend who always reminds me of this because we were at uh, game, I think, five. And Levon Hernandez had no swing and miss. Uh, it must have been game four. He had no swing and miss strikes the entire time. I think he threw eight <laughs> innings against the Cardinals, too. But in any case, it's like the Giants are pitching. This is a recent trend. And now now they're they're clearly regressing back to their historical norm of just like, Maybe they have one good guy, but everyone else, you're just like, you're just gripping the rails, just hoping. Um, yeah, that's a good tangent. But Dusty Baker managing the Nationals, that's that's a legitimately good move. I mean, Doug, they had they hired Matt Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's there's no there's no going getting worse than that. Um, I said it's kind of interesting because as soon as the news came out they'd hired Williams instead of Black, Twitter was immediately like, oh, they're idiots. And then three hours later, the mood had changed to, oh, they're actually pretty smart. But even then, they weren't smart. They just, they, they lowballed the, their first choice for yeah. whatever reason. And it just worked out for their benefit because I don't think anyone's ever thought Dusty Baker could, wasn't a leader of men. You know what I mean? Like, he can't run a clubhouse. In fact, that's one of his main strengths, you know? Um, yeah, that's exactly what he does well. And that's exactly what they wanted, especially with, you know. Harper and Papelbon and the news about who was it worth who, who was like I'm going in the lineup and Williams was like oh okay right right and he'll I mean Jason Worth is done and Jonathan yeah. Papelbon is uh, he's just you know he's Jonathan Papelbon and Bryce Harper is 15 years old and I really think that's uh, it's it's a huge positive and I don't know I think their free agent losses are what's going to keep them from just being the odds-on favorites, but they're going to be very competitive next year. They were marginally competitive this year in spite of Matt Williams, but they will be, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, if they hadn't gotten swept in, like, 17 straight series by the Mets, they'd yeah. have been in it. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'd say that that Baker is probably going to do a pretty good job. They're like he did a pretty good job with the Reds with the Reds. Ownership just had these weird expectations that he was going to beat the Cardinals <laughs> right. even though his roster was worse. Right. And so they fired him. <laughs> um but he didn't do a bad job there. It just his team wasn't that good and he got 
he got enough out of them that the ownership thought they should have been better. Yeah, and I think with the Nationals, they're going to have, with their free agency losses, however they decide to manage that, he'll probably just be put in a position where he plays young players. But, I mean, we're totally forgetting about his time with the Cubs, where he was also very successful. Uh, but, I, you know, he's definitely a manager who's, he's like every baseball manager, he favors the, the veterans. So, but the Nationals, I feel like they're not, like Trey Turner is going to get some playing time. Um, just based on what their roster is going to look like. Um, and I'm forgetting completely their uh, Espinoza. Espinoza is going to get some playing time. In fact, Espinoza seems like a guy Dusty Baker is going to love. So I know we're talking about a lot of nationals, which garbage, boo. Uh, we should <laughs> talk about the Giants. And, you know, there, Mike Rizzo, after hiring Dusty Baker, had to answer the question would he consider, would they consider bringing. Barry Bonds in to be the hitting coach. And <laughs> I was kind of floored by that, that someone would ask that question because the link is Dusty Baker. That's like, is Gary, is Mark Pryor going to be the pitching coach? Is that, I mean, <laughs> if they hadn't hired Maddox, was Mark Pryor number two? Um, so that was kind of a weird question, but could you imagine Barry Bonds being the hitting coach for any major league team? <laughs> It's hard. I don't, I mean, cause he ha- he's had those, he had last year, I think it was just in 2014 where he, you know, showed up to spring training for a week and he made Brandon Crawford into a great hitter all by himself. I'm just going to stick with that, even though it didn't happen until a year later. Right. Uh, well, it took a long time for him to decrypt that complicated system that was downloaded into his brain from. Bob. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The matrix um, is not easy to decode. <laughs> Um, but to me, I'd say that I think Barry Bonds could be a very good hitting coach. I, I don't know that he's interested in doing that all year. I think that he likes riding bikes too much. He and, does. Yeah. Um, you know, he just has other things going on. It feels like he he wants to have a life that's more than baseball. That's sort of the sense I get from his Twitter account and any public stuff that he said. So. You know, it's a super weird question to ask Mike Rizzo. Is Barry Bonds going to be your hitting coach? Right. Um, I'm sure Mike Rizzo hasn't thought of Barry Bonds and for no nothing negative for no reason. Just he hasn't probably thought of Barry Bonds in in months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just like he didn't hear his name, he wasn't thinking about him. He, you know, he wasn't on Twitter. Just randomly saw a bike ride pick. It, it just whatever. Plus, another <laughs> reason why I think Bonds wouldn't wouldn't be up for managing or coaching at all is, uh, you know, based on the Google glass that we saw, I think he's really into possibly into wearable technologies. And that's a big no, no in major league baseball. So if he can't wear like his Fitbit or something like that in a, in a dugout, I think that would be like, if, if he got as far as considering it and there was an offer on the table and he couldn't like track his steps or something, I think he'd be done. So he'd be no dice. I think it's a really good point. Danger League Baseball would probably allow the Fitbit in the dugout, but I'd say the Google Glass, you know, that's just right out. Anything like that. I mean, I guess yeah. they're not making Google Glass anymore. Right, exactly. Uh, but it was but yeah, that would – the was, next thing too, whatever the next thing he wants exactly. is, they wouldn't allow that. Exactly. They'd be like, no, you can't have ocular implants. And then Bonds is like, I, I walk. I walk. I'm not doing it. So, And then, they, <laughs> then they'd laugh. They'd chuckle and they'd be like, oh, of course Bonds walks. And then and – then, then, but when we all laugh because of the puns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So Dusty Baker, net positive for the Nationals. 
Mike Rizzo being asked about Barry Bonds being a hitting coach. Very strange questioning. Um, uh, speaking of strange questionings, what do you uh, what do you think Brandon Belt goes through every day uh, uh, now that he like when he wakes up because of these post concussion syndromes? It must be very strange. Like, do you know where you are? Like every day he has to sort of do this check of like, am I losing my mind? Literally, um, and he's probably puking like half the time still. Right? It's just. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a scary situation. And then when it is a scary one, but when you think about who it's happening to, it has that little undercurrent of like comedy to it. I feel, but maybe I'm just a solo school. I don't know. No, the the comedy I got out of it was imagining Brandon Belt being like, okay, I'm going to protect myself and wearing one of those enormous concussion helmets. Yes. Yes. That would be incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> his wife is saying, You've been the Great Gazoo for a month now. <laughs> Halloween is over. Are you? He's like, nah, feels too good. I'm going to keep doing this. Um, yeah, if you're Brandon Belt, don't you just lean into all the possibly weird things? You've heard all the jokes. Just wear the wear the helmet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like if there's anyone who, who has the mentality of it'll slide off his back, it'd be him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is this is our official stance then. This is... This is a strong positive endorsement from McCoveyChronicles.com uh, for our unnamed podcast, which we'll get into in a minute. But a yeah. strong endorsement for Brandon Belt to to just go full belt and wear the the uh, protective helmet, the Great Gazoo helmet. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it, not just for relief pitchers anymore. It would be, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think I'm for that. I I think. I think they could. That'd be a great giveaway night. Uh, be the dugout store would also probably be able to, you know, sell those as well. Like, yeah, you, they could. They could sell like a little stuffed giraffe with a helmet on it. There we go. See, this is great. Oh man. Oh, so Larry Bear, um, you could sponsor this podcast, but or you could just listen and take our idea, and then we would we would smile and nod knowingly. We passed each other at the stadium. Like, yes, you took that idea from us. Great. So belt with the uh, giraffe with the padded helmet. Great. This is, it's also kind of like a weird, like DreamWorks animation movie where you'd see that. Where you'd see... Yeah. At the, at the end, he'll learn a lesson <laughs> about believing in himself. That's right. <laughs> or like he never did the, um, uh, he never did the limbo because he could never clear it. And then he, <laughs> he's going to try it. Uh, yeah. Oh, Brandon Belt, get well soon. Uh, I mean, in terms of what it does to the Giants roster, Justin Morneau, uh, you know, he basically missed most of a season just in and out of the lineup and just not being able to get well. And that's kind of what happened with Belt here. And I think given the Giants' latest moves and and what they want to do with Buster Posey, which you can't convince me otherwise, they want him at first base sooner rather than later. I mean, they'll say one thing but do another. I kind of think this gives the Giants – I mean, I think it works for both parties. Belt's not going to be rushed because if he can't play, then they just stick Posey at first base. And as we're seeing, they're also clearing outfield out as much as possible. So there would be a spot for him to come back and ease in in certain spots. I feel like it would work out for everybody. I mean, if the Giants don't add some sort of other bat or other, their other bats come back healthy, uh, he'll be missed for sure. But at the same time, if he's not well, they're not going to get much out of him. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I disagree that they want to move Posey. I think they want to leave Posey behind the plate for as long as possible. Which is like um, another year. Another year. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I would say that they they do feel comfortable giving Belt enough time because they know Posey can play first. I don't know if they're okay with having Susak as a starting catcher yeah. or Hector because of both of their both of them have injury problems. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think they're getting a lot more comfortable with Trevor Brown as a backup catcher. I think that's kind of what we saw in September because yeah. he was good. He was good defensively. Yeah. There are questions about his bat. Um, which is like the yeah. perfect back profiles as a perfect back backup catcher. Then, um, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. He, he will be around for twelve years. He right. and Greg Zahn will start a club. Right. <laughs> uh, and Tony Sanchez as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, so I it's it's really tough because you know who doesn't like Brandon Belt and also who doesn't who wants to see a baseball player's you know, career impacted in this way. Injuries are tough, but sort of uh, these concussions, concussions are like, uh, there's so much we obviously don't know about the human body, but concussions are just so completely, you know, you never quite know. I mean, it's like baking. It's like me cooking or baking a dessert. Like I can read the instructions. I know what it's supposed to look like, but it never quite look, you know, never quite turns out the same. Every time you make it, I can make the same pie three times and get three different results. And uh, I think, you know, nobody likes that, especially an athlete. They don't like that uncertainty. This is obviously going to have some impact on his off-season workouts and maybe even prep for the next season. And just for an extremely streaky hitter like Belt, that could be very interesting. I don't know how it's going to unfold, but, you know, Brandon Belt's great. And get well soon, Brandon Belt. Yeah. Another, but one guy we don't have to worry about, at least right now, is Nori Aoki. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Thanks, Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bobby Evans says that uh, it, it would encumber, it would have encumbered their, the word he used was encumber, their payroll flexibility to pick up that option. Five and a half million dollars. That's, that's less than what Sergio Romo makes. And, <laughs> and it's essentially below what, you know, what a win above replacement costs. And, and Aoki's about a win above replacement. So overall, it was pretty good value. We've certainly seen, uh, as Grant wrote up, you know, the things that, that Aoki did well. Um, but it's an interesting move insofar as what are the Giants planning. And it seems like they're stockpiling money to finish second place in a lot of these free agent uh, free agents <laughs> that are available. Um, I'm going to yeah, miss that's... him. I'm going to miss him. Uh, no, I liked him. He was yeah, fun. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, to me, I think that what that move smacks of is that is that they are worried about his concussion. It's it's possible his was worse than Belt's because if I'm remembering right, Aoki came back from his and he was never really right, and yeah, then he reaggravated it. Definitely seemed like he came back too fast in that situation. Yeah. Um. So I'd say that this move, I I can still see them trying to re-sign him to a incentive deal that might even push the money higher than what it would have been otherwise. Sure. Because. If they're worried enough about the concussion, then what they might want to do is save a couple million dollars so that if they have to get another outfielder later, then they're giving themselves the room to do that. Yeah, it just seems like that's, I mean, I think the risk they're willing to take is like, well, we can get him for that kind of deal or just someone will pay him what he would have made if we had picked up the option. Because it seems like for that amount of money, and if you are reasonably confident that he's back from his concussion syndromes, which I yeah, I agree with you. Maybe the Giants weren't convinced of that. I think another team would pick him up very easily. I could, the A's could even afford that contract. Um, I know. That's, yeah, so, yeah. and you know, they can't even afford, 
I don't know. They can't afford anything. <laughs> that was the joke, folks. The A's are so broke, they can't afford anything. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, got him. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that you know, he would be a good fit basically any team as a fourth outfielder especially. He fits in. I, I can't think of a team that wouldn't want him. So, um, for that regard. Yeah, you would think. I mean, I guess the Giants' problem is that they didn't want to have two fourth outfielders and him and Blanco. Sure. So they figured well, he was expendable. Well, three, three but... if you consider Angel Pagan. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's okay. Fourth I'm, I'm sure he's not listening to this. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, Parker and Williamson, they probably want, maybe there's something going on there, or they're making, they're considering, you know, Zobrist would, would profile very nicely for, yeah. you know, if Joe Panic's back never returns from, whatever dimension it went to. Um, right. And Kelby Tomlinson right. doesn't bat right. 400. Again. If Kelby Tomlinson finally gets taken out by John McClain. Uh, oh, the, <laughs> the joke there was that Kelby Tomlinson, in my opinion, looks like one of the terrorists from the diehard film. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I remember when you tweeted that, I was yes. like, that is spectacular because <laughs> yes. he totally does. He has that creepy stare, that like hair that, and really just the glasses really just added the look with his, with his yeah. grin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Find that tweet people for those of you who are searching all of my tweets, find it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So farewell Nori Aoki and, and maybe we'll see you at the crossroads, uh, or, in, <laughs> or in like January when no one else has signed you for some reason. Um, both equally good. Yes. Very, very possible. So, I guess we got some business. We've got a couple of things to, to really talk out here on this inaugural "What the heck are we doing?" podcast, and that is, what should we call this thing? What 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 should we call it? Do you have any thoughts, Doug? It's tough. I mean, yeah. the the one we batted around before was what, McPotty Croncast. McPotty Croncast, because you don't you want people to listen, but you don't want them to remember or be able to easily say the name of the thing that they're listening to. So, right. And when they it's tell their different. friends about it, they'll just be like the, 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 the thing. I was uh, listening to, um, uh, Lana's podcast. <laughs> right. Right. Well, there, so McPotty Croncast, it was also just the, the chronic cast, but I'm sure that's already taken. I'm already no, I don't. I don't see why that would be taken. Um, that doesn't seem relevant to anyone's interests. And the Mick podcast—that's probably like a McDonald's podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, the Grant cast—I certainly thought about that, but um, that'd, that'd be especially yeah. funny because Grant's not on it. That's right. That's right. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, the the Mick the McPotty cast might might make the most sense. I don't know. <laughs> or the or just the McCovey Cron cast. And then, then yeah. we're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's, we'll let people in the comments pick it, but then they'll, but I don't want to name it um, lunch or uh, what, do, what, <laughs> what do people talk about the comments on this website? God, it's not about baseball or what the post was about. No. Um, lunch, uh, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. We'll let them come up with ideas. We will not let them. You can vote on them if you want, but those results are non-binding. Non-binding. You might also pitch it, and we might accept it, but you won't receive any credit for it. So uh, we're, we will totally Larry Bear your idea uh, if that <laughs> happens. That's not that's not fair. He doesn't steal ideas. That's that's not fair at all. When they did the snow the snow globe thing, they did a whole featurette about where that idea came from. They don't. They, don't <laughs> yeah, do they that. did. 
So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so you can put your ideas uh, down in the comments, but you've got to beat, and I'm not saying it's difficult to beat, but you've got to beat the McPotty or McCovey Croncast. You've got to beat the McCovey Croncast. Yeah. I think that's the final bit of business here is did you see did you see this ridiculous article on Slate about spooning? Oh my god. What? <laughs> well, Slate, if you don't know, listeners, uh Slate is a garbage website filled with contrarian uh commentary for no reason other than to entice you to click and read what a stupid person thinks about stupid things. And uh well, I should say people with good vocabulary. And a pretty yeah. good sentence structure. We can't say that they are bad at writing. They just write very about very poor things. Anyway, right, they're not they're not bad at writing. Yes. They write bad things. That's right. They're very different. That's right. Uh, essentially, uh, they someone I didn't you know what I didn't even read the whole article and I don't need to. Basically, was condemning uh, spooning the act of two humans sleeping or or napping in close proximity to each other. Uh, condemned it for a lot of reasons, physical discomfort. I believe there was some sexism thrown in there. And it was basically my interpretation of it was it was a 22 year old recent college grad trying to take all the political and sociological theory that had been crammed into his brain and like apply it to something that people enjoy to ruin it. That's what I, right. that's, yeah, that's essentially what it was. Um, well, that's the internet's yeah. for. Right. Because I, I ask you, uh, people of the internet, Wait, maybe I'm asking the wrong people. Who doesn't like touching? Okay, I'm definitely asking the wrong people. <laughs> okay, but there are people who like touching, and they like. There are people who like sleeping together. You all know what spooning is, I assume. Uh, and if by not, if not now, you've looked it up after you stopped looking at all my tweets. And that is, uh, so now I want to ask Doug, who do you think? Like, let's let's do a game. This is what it is. This is the very loose concept. Here's the game. Big spoon, little spoon, and let's take our okay. let's take our San Francisco Giants, and let's figure out out of the pairing who would be the big spoon and who would be the little spoon. Now we're not subscribing to Slate's interpretation of what big spoon, little spoon means. This isn't about dominance and submission. It's not about that. It's more mainly about comfort and and maybe yeah. maybe just like affection, uh, and maybe we can explain our reasons. I'll go first since I'm just talking at you and pitching all these ideas. Uh, and let's just let's just go with um, uh, Bochi Rigetti, big spoon, little spoon. Uh, hmm, it's a tough one. Okay, so so I'd say my my first instinct is that Bochi's the big spoon, which is mostly because he's the manager. But then when you think about it, you don't want that big head as the big spoon. The big head wants to be cuddled. The, you that's know? right. So I think it's got to be Rigetti is the big spoon. That's right. So you, but by implication, you're kind of saying that that Bochi's insisting on this. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're saying, listen, I, I've got to carry this thing all day. I, I need to rest it on someone else. And yeah, and we're getting OK. OK, so I, I'll go with that. So Big Spoon Rigetti, Little Spoon Bochi. Got it. All right. That would be quite quite a pairing. Uh, and the snoring, my God. And that's oh. good. That's great for Rigetti, though, because the sound of, the, of Bochi snoring, it, it goes away from him. It's not like going right in his ears if he were the Little Spoon. This is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ne- next. Next. Who you got? Who you got? Okay. I'm next one. I'm gonna go Crawford and Panic. Crawford and Panic. This is good. This is good. Uh, I think. I think Crawford's the big spoon. I think. I think Crawford. 
has somehow he's the he carries wherever he is and maybe kind of reluctantly that's kind of the vibe i get off of brandon crawford yeah i think he's kind of got that pretty look so he right. thought his life would be kind of on easy street and things would be given to him and i think they kind of are but he works for things too but then i also think like you're so pretty people just melt in his presence and so he has to kind of like pick up the slack and i think joe panic also joe panic can't move so let's just say <laughs> he needs right. to rest against Brandon Brandon Crawford. It also works out very well because Crawford's hair is not choking Joe Panic out in the middle of the night. So, well, I'd say that's good analysis, yeah. especially about yeah. the hair. Yeah. The other thing that to to take into account is that it might be a little more, if they could figure out something to do with the hair, it might be a little more comfortable yeah. for Panic to be the big spoon, just because yeah. that beard would be scratching on on oh, Panic. Good point about the beard. Didn't consider but, the beard, folks. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think that either of them would think about that until after they're already in the spoon yeah. and by then it'd be too late yeah. because panic can only move once a day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Under very specific conditions too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I might, I might give you a minute to think about this one. Uh, so Santiago Casilla, Angel Pagan, Little Spoon, who's there? What, what's going on there? Oh, wow. Um, Oof. This is a tough one. I know. Uh, I'm impressed by it. It's a good question. <laughs> I'm I'd, like say... to, I'd like to point out before you answer your question real quick. Santiago yeah. Casilla uh, and Bill Hanstock, Sundown Motel on uh, Twitter. You will verify that I brought this up many times. Santiago Casilla has the best complexion of any human being I've ever seen in my entire life. That man has beautiful <laughs> skin. Anyway, proceed. <laughs> um, I'm going to say offhand, I think Pagan would be the big spoon. Okay. Um, it seems like it's it seems like Casilla would be more likely to want to be cuddled. Hmm. Hmm. Um, that's kind of my take on it, and I feel like Pagan would sort of want to feel like he was in in control. I know we said it wasn't going to be a dominance thing, but at yeah. the same time, yeah, that's actually who who Pagan is, you know. Yeah. So I would have to say Pagan, big spoon, Casilla, little spoon. Oh man, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna disagree with you on this one i okay. i think Cassie is the big spoon and angel pagan is like a surprisingly active and kind of fun romp of a little spoon i think i think Cassia being this just steady like Cassia's is pagan's anchor and pagan knows oh. he can like he can go he can float around wherever but Cassia's is always going to be there i think i think that's so, what it's all about it's, i think that's a good analysis the way i see it is that uh is that Cassia needs to to be there is that Pagan needs someone to hold more than he needs someone to hold him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, so I'd say that, the but, anchor would be on the other side, but I can see where our difference comes from on yeah, that. Yeah. And also, you know, I think he'd want, I think he'd want Casilla's hands visible, like to like, kind of, yeah. cause again, beautiful com- complexion on this man. I'm just saying, and you know, Casilla gets the benefit of Pagan's flowing hair, which there won't be any breeze or any fan in that room wherever they're sleeping, but it'll still be flowing. It'll yeah. it'll be nice. I think I think that's that's so that's that one we disagree on, but I think we both have very strong reasons for that. All right, who you got for this this one? Let's make this last one. Okay, well I think this is the one we have to end on. Oh, then. It's yeah. Crook and kite. Oh, who's Crook and kite. Crook and kite. Crook and kite. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I I think this is pretty obvious to me. I think I think kite is the big spoon and crook is the is the little spoon. I think it's really, I I definitely think that 
I think okay. I think Crook is the is the bluster. He's the bravado. I think he's he's the tough guy, and I think he's just he's the louder one. But Kipe is the is the steady force, and I think at the end of the day, Crook's exhausted from like being the motor, and uh, and Kipe's just there just to support him, and he's just like. And it and it's good just to like relax. I think he's just good to not have to do anything, and and Kipe's totally fine with that. I think it's like a perfectly relaxing, like all right, that's done. And uh, that is a strong argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it just seems like in their relationship anyway. And again, it's the dominant submission thing in this stupid, stupid Slate article is completely like politicked up and weird. But in this case, it's just like you know. Kruko has the the more outspoken personality, but it's very clear to me like Kuiper is like the brains of that operation. They enjoy each yeah, other very much, yeah. but he's the boss there. So okay, yeah, yeah. I was I was kind of leaning towards Kruko as the big spoon, but you talked me out of it. <laughs> well, I think size is like a very good. That's a very good reason to determine who does what. But yeah, I think just in this case in particular, it's just like I don't know. I think <laughs> I, I just feel like Krook's just talking all day and he's just tired at the end of the day and, and Kipe just wants to relax and chill. So yeah, I think that, that's, that's, that's a good it. point. All right. Well, if you're, if you've been listening to this entire podcast and you weren't creeped out first, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second, definitely leave your comments below in the comment section of the website. Uh, hopefully about the, the podcast, right? Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, yeah. And, uh, let us know what you think the name of this podcast should be and why you think Doug or Groog is so awesome. I think those are two good topic starters for that. Uh, and cite your, cite your sources and, you know, use some stats, you know, like we're supposed to. Um, go to to Brooks baseball. There's some good stuff on there. That's right. Remember it's from the catcher's point of view. After, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we will probably be back next week if we feel like it. Uh, I don't know what else to say beyond that. This is all new and fresh and exciting. So thanks for listening. I've been Brian Murphy. Yep, thank you. At I'm Doug Rizzoni. Uh, at every sixth day on Twitter. I'm at Moonwalk with Fly on Twitter. You'll have to explain that one day. And uh, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.